Thanks for downloading Making Waves from the University of Portsmouth. I'm Trudy Monk, and in my day job, I champion and support the incredible alumni of our university. We're really proud of our graduate community and how they're making their mark and finding solutions to global challenges. These interviews showcase how our alumni are making positive changes in their businesses, communities and careers. In this first series, we're focusing on the environment. What our alumni are doing in this space goes hand in hand with what the university is doing to ensure an environmentally sustainable future, including making the bold commitment to being climate positive by 2030. By empowering our community and coming together, we know we can make a huge difference. In this episode, my colleague John Worsey speaks to software engineer Louis Kapitanchik about the app he's developing to clean up plastics in Portsmouth and perhaps one day around the world. No one person can change everything, so if you build a tool that everyone can use, then together you can probably do something pretty good. Let's find out what Louis is doing with all this data. This is Making Waves. So I'm with Louis Kapitanchik. Uh, Louis, you're the co-founder and technical lead at Jetsum Tech, uh, which we're going to talk about in a moment. Now, you graduated from the University of Portsmouth four years ago. So, uh, yep. Jetsum Tech, what are you doing with your life today? Um, I mean, a lot of things. So, I mean, Jetsum Tech is one of them. Um, I'm a full-time software engineer. Uh -huh. I, um, I run another business called Microhacks as well. Um, I'm involved with a local charitable organization called Hack Pompey. Um, but a lot of the time is spent on Jetsum Tech. Um, so I'm the uh, co-founder and technical lead. Uh -huh. uh, so I've been building the app for Jetsum and working on a lot of technology behind it um, in collaboration with Steve Bomford, the other co-founder, who is working on kind of the contacts and marketing side. And uh, so tell us, what is Jetsum all about? What's the idea behind the, the Jetsum app? And so Jetsum is a social plastics logging app that engages the local community in citizen science to empower people to go into their own communities and catalogue any plastic waste that they see out and about um, to give us data that we can then use um, and provide to other organisations to help kind of clean up efforts and targeted, um, targeted initiatives that will hopefully uh, reduce a lot of the plastic that you see. Um, it's a way of people practically engaging with a problem that I think a lot of people are aware of, but don't have any idea of how they can personally tackle. Yes. So a way of empowering the public then to inform broader efforts to, uh, to yeah. tackle the, the problem of plastic pollution. And um, yeah. so, so tell me, how, how does that work then? A person downloads the app uh, onto a mobile device and as they're out and about, uh, presumably they need to have their sort of geolocation, their location services or whatever it might be called, on their uh, their device active so that you can see where they are. Um, how does the actual interface work? And then maybe you could tell us a bit about what's going on behind that in terms of what you, you have pieced together as a software developer. Yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, you download Jetsum, you can open up the app. You don't need to create an account um, to engage with the basic functionality of the app. So you can just open it up, um, skip through to, there's a, there's a camera button, open the camera, take a picture of whatever plastic you might see. And the action of taking the picture 
gives us data about where that plastic is located without having to send us any photos, any other stuff. As long as you have your geolocation enabled, um, that will give us the location the picture was taken. Terrific. And we kind of store that and we can we build up a map that's also displayed back in the app yeah. of um, where kind of the hotspots of plastic are throughout the community. And then there's kind of an additional layer that if you want to engage socially uh, with the Jefferson community, you can create an account and share pictures you've taken of kind of particularly interesting bits of plastic or things that are particularly heart-wrenching potentially. Um, there's, I, th- I think this was kind of spurred on by um, a story of somebody finding on a washed up on the beach of Portsmouth, a kind of a small plastic Happy Meal toy from, I think, the 50s. Oh that was God. absolutely pristine and new. That um, I'm not sure where it originally uh, come from, but it washed out to sea and washed up on the shores of Portsmouth and somebody had found this um, just perfectly pristine kind of 50, 60-year-old, 70-year-old, I guess, at this point, um, piece of plastic. Good grief. So from the 50s, so that's that's either crossed the oceans from uh, the United States, I'm guessing, given the time scale, or somebody's maybe had it in a collection over here and um, it's been tragically uh, dropped in the sea at some point. Good grief. That's extraordinary, isn't it? I mean, that, that's a really good example of how pernicious the problem of plastic waste in the seas is and, and also just why it's such an issue because this stuff takes hundreds of years to degrade. It, it just lingers, yeah. doesn't it? In, Absolutely, yeah. In terms of the app itself then, um, so as as well as gathering the sort of geographic data of, of where the waste is, is there anything happening in terms of um, image processing or anything like that so that you can uh, cleverly identify what kind of, of waste it is or is it really just we know there is plastic uh, here and we can see from the number of users uh, that, that this is a particular hotspot, this is a particular hotspot and so on? So I think um, I think it's safe to say that currently the app does the latter. It's yeah. kind of a volume of information sort of thing. Um, there are things that we're working on that I can't talk too much about that okay. will involve kind of further processing of data and imagery to kind of help build up a better picture of what is where and kind of where it's coming from and that yeah. sort of thing. Sure. Um, we're kind of collaborating with a few different um, people to kind of help with that as well. Sure. But the responsibility really is on people to make sure that they're they're photographing plastic waste in particular because that's the data that uh, that this the whole project relates to. Yeah, so I mean, there is um, some element of kind of, I would say human moderation, it's really me and Steve having yeah. occasionally, um, but human moderation uh, of the sorts of data that's being collected. Uh-huh. And, you know, we're hoping to maybe kind of automate that in the future as well. Gotcha. And um, what sort of organisations is, is that uh, anonymised data being shared with? So that they can uh, at take. At present, action. we are not sharing that data. Okay. Um, that's kind of again one of our future plans to work with local community organisations, um, councils, private companies, public companies, um, to help them understand the problems as well. That's kind of one of our goals. Gotcha. So at the moment, you're sort of building up basically a user base and demonstrating this is the kind of quality of data we can get. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a community first approach, really. Um, yeah. So we're collecting and showing data to and from the community. And then from there, we can kind of expand out and do more good with that data. Yeah. And are you finding that the, the base of users is uh, is growing? Are you getting decent downloads on it at this early stage? Absolutely, yeah. Um, so we launched on the 13th of February. At, uh, we ra- we kind of co-ran an event with uh, the New Theatre Royal yeah. to launch the app. Um, and Kind of from day one, we had just an amazing response. We have um, you know hundreds of users in Portsmouth, and we even have users from kind of further afield. 
um, kind of the outskirts of Hampshire um, okay. kind of spread that far. And then there's been kind of interest from some uh, kind of high level organizations that um, engage with kind of the environment from further afield is that um, some contacts in kind of Northern Ireland, the Midlands, that sort of thing. So there's been quite a, quite a fantastic response to it, really. Yeah, that's a great start because, I mean, we're only talking at the time of recording here. That's only uh, three months or less than three months ago then at this point, early 2020. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really encouraging sign, isn't it? And presumably the app itself could be used anywhere. The only thing that's limiting its effectiveness would be uh, having enough users in an area to build up uh, enough data, essentially. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, no, that's exactly fair, yeah. So you can take the app anywhere at all, take pictures, and it'll function perfectly. Um, I think it's kind of, Steve always says this, it's kind of a a Steve thing where um, if you have a million photos of plastic across the globe, that's not very much data. If you have a million photos of plastic in Portsmouth, that is a significant amount of data. Mm. So it is kind of like critical mass of users within a given community that really gives value to using the app. Absolutely. So what was the motivation to do this then, Louis, for you? Why does it matter to you to to have this app and to be pushing this out there into the community? Uh, Well, I'm very passionate about the environment in general. Um, I think it's kind of fair to say that anything environment related um, is kind of a hot button issue for me. Yeah. Uh, I think there's there's a particular story um, that I think kind of spurred some ideas for Jetson specifically that uh, I think I was maybe a year or two ago, I was leaving my house in the morning to go to work the day after the bins had been collected. And um, kind of on my route to work, I walked past kind of a small side road, had a look down and just completely across the entire road, it was just covered in plastic waste uh, from maybe like a bin that had been knocked over and not collected. Mm. Um, maybe like a bin had been split by a crow and it hadn't been you know, picked up properly or something. And the street was just absolutely filthy. And I didn't really know what I could do to kind of notify or help or catalogue whatever was happening. Yeah. So from my point of view, um, Jetsam is a bit of a kind of a personal crusade to make sure that there is a tool available for that sort of thing as well as to kind of meet all of these things that I want to, I want to enact change and help others enact change as well. Yes. Kind of no one person, you know, no one person can change everything. So if you build a tool that everyone can use, then together you can probably do something pretty good. Absolutely. So let's talk about change then. What, what sort of change do you want to see as a result of Jetson being taken up and used by lots of people? And whether that's in terms of specific changes in terms of people's behaviour, things they might do differently in the future, or, you know, the change that you want to see in the world as a result of the data that you gather? Yeah, so, I mean, I think one of the one of the big changes that I would love to see is kind of at a business level, mm-hmm. like a business use of plastics, because, I mean, everybody in Portsmouth could maybe use one piece of plastic less per day, but if you have a cruise ship coming to the harbour, that completely offsets all of that effort. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's kind of a lot of these larger organizations could move in a direction that with, if they had more data and more intelligence around their use of plastic, they could optimize that and change that and drastically reduce the amount of plastic that's in the oceans, in the streets, you know, in the environment in general. Um, But as well, kind of encouraging people at kind of a local level to just go out and engage with community as well. Um, Because I think there are a lot of people who may, they may exist perfectly happily within Portsmouth, but they don't necessarily engage with the community. So giving kind of another avenue to do so, I think is also very valuable. Yes. 
so I know, uh, I mean, I'm a, a resident of Portsmouth. I live in South Sea, and you're a Portsmouth resident as well, I take it? Absolutely, yeah. For me, yeah. it's very clear that there is, at the community level, and also, to be fair, at the level of the council and certainly at the level of the university and a lot of organisations, there's a real growing awareness of plastic as an issue and as something that needs to be tackled. Um, and there are people changing their behaviours in, in all kinds of ways. Is that something that you've observed as well, that, that this is a city where people really are right at the grassroots upwards starting to take this problem really seriously and actually quite quite passionately concerned about doing something about it? I absolutely think that, yeah, um, it's kind of really it's the people on the street who are making the change. Yeah. Um, the kind of, I have met so many individuals since really kind of engaging with Jetsum um, that are so passionate about the environment and mm. just care so much about getting involved. And it's, it's really heartening um, to kind of see that. And I think that there is kind of maybe a bit more slowly because, you know, red tape and bureaucracy, but I think there is also kind of at a higher kind of business or council level that change in direction as well. Yes. Um, so I think there's kind of positive things on the horizon, but yeah. if we can help it get there a bit faster, you know, there is a timer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, um, in terms of reducing plastic, in terms of its environmental uh, impact, obviously there is, you know, there are, there are huge victories to be won if we can make plastic uh, a more sustainable thing if we can limit our usage of it if we can increase recycling if we can reduce the amount of it that gets left out there in the environment um what would you say is really this sort of aside from the environmental impact what's the impact on people how, how does uh, jetsam affect people's lives whether that's in terms of you know anecdotally things that people have told you good feedback that you've had and maybe also in the in the longer term, you know, do you have a grand ambition for uh, the sort of change that you'd want to see to uh, people's well-being as a result of uh, these behavioural uh, changes that people could make? Mm. Yeah, so I guess the way that Jetson works has um, kind of anecdotally uh, from what we've heard, it's kind of helped to encourage people to get out more. Yeah. So completely, you know, forgetting all of the environmental stuff, it's just as a, as a personal health thing it encourages you to go out and kind of go around these areas that have less coverage and yes. you know, see if there's any plastic there um, and kind of engage that way. So there's, um, there's the local organization called Good Gym. And what they do is essentially um, they run and they're very active in their kind of short commutes to do these social good, acts of social good. Um, so maybe they are kind of getting groceries for an elderly person or, um, cleaning up a park, but they'll kind of they'll run there and they'll be very active in doing so. Um, yeah. so it's kind of like a, a workout, social good sort of thing. Um, and like we've had a lot of good feedback from them that it's something that they can kind of use while they're going to and from these places. So it's an extra level that they can engage um, as they're doing so. Yes, um, I think that's that's quite cool. Um, and I think that in like a much longer term thing, I would I would love for one of the outcomes from Jetsum really kind of being taken up. Um, I'd love one of the outcomes to be just better um, health in general because, I mean, plastic pollution in the oceans, it gets into uh, small feeder fish that get eaten by larger fish. It works throughout the food chain. Similarly, in um, you know, the environment in general, small yeah. animals will eat bits of plastic and they'll kind of accumulate in larger animals throughout the food chain. Um, and eventually, you know, if a human eats an animal full of plastic, the human is now full of plastic. So there's kind of a, a connection there. 
um, that maybe people don't think about all the time. Mm. Um, so there's definitely like a, a health concern as well with the amount of plastic just out in the environment. Yes. In terms of, uh, I wonder if we can be uh, sort of grand enough to talk about global impact potentially, but it strikes me that this is a piece of technology, an app that can be downloaded conceivably in the future anywhere in the world, because obviously this is not a, a local problem, it's not even a national problem, it is a global problem, plastic pollution. Um, is that something that you've that you've thought about as part of the kind of long-term plan for Jetson? And why, why, why do you feel it's important to the world at large, let alone um, individuals and, uh, and the local area? Well, um, it's something that we've definitely considered. Um, and I think there are new stories that you've probably seen where, you know, some countries are just exporting their plastic problems to other countries. And yes. it's kind of, I mean, it's a, it's a crying shame that that's happening and we should really be dealing with it locally. But um, kind of with some of the stuff that we want to build with Jetsum in terms of, you know, being able to track specific bits of plastic, you know, where has this come from, then I think there's at a global level a really good corporate accountability tool uh, where maybe something washes up on the shores of the Philippines yeah. and um, you can track that right back to, you know, a factory in you know, Germany, England, uh, America, like wherever it's come from. Um, and at that point, you start to be able to uh, give this kind of accountability to corporate uh, corporate entities who might just be sending this plastic out into the world. And currently, they can just kind of wipe their hands and say, well, it's a bottle it's not our bottle, you can't pin it to us. Well, yes. hopefully in the future we can. Yes. Um, and through that, maybe kind of enact change at that level as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you're, you're uh, as we've said, a graduate of Portsmouth. Uh, you graduated here in 2016. I'm curious to know, because you've stayed in the local area, as uh, a lot of students do, I think people come here and uh, really sort of fall in love with the area. Do you work with any other Portsmouth alumni or, or even current students uh, if not, is there a way that they could get involved? So I can imagine quite a lot of people feeling pretty inspired by the things you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in terms of Jetson itself, yeah. uh, we collaborate quite closely with the Makers Guild, which is run by Portsmouth alumni Mingwu. Yeah. Um, so the Makers Guild is located in Guildhall, and they've, you know, they provide us with a space for meetings, and you know, Ming is very involved in kind of discussing ideas and stuff as well. Yes. Um, so there's kind of a close collaboration there. Um, so Jetsum isn't actually my day job. Uh -huh. um, it's not yet quite taken off to that level. So in my day job, I do um, kind of work with um, kind of a, a friend that I made at university. We work together um, there. So there's kind of another alumni. And I mean, they're all, they're all over the place. Um, yeah. But I think uh, if, if alumni and students wanted to get involved, I mean, for, for starters, download Jetsum. <laughs> That's yes. thing number one. Um, but yeah, we have um, we have on our website a contact page, and really we encourage anybody that feels that they could contribute. Um, we don't really have a way of managing contributions right now. It's a very kind of small outfit, and we're still growing. Yeah, but um, we're we're very open to hearing from people who have feedback, who have ideas, um, who just might want to kind of get involved. Um, yes. So on our website through the app, uh, we have an email address as well. Um, so just any way to get in contact, we've got social media, we've, you know, everything just, yeah. So I should, I should give you a plug then. Obviously, anyone could go onto their app store and, and just search, I imagine, just search for Jetsum and you'll find it. What's the uh, yeah. what's the web address? Uh, Jetsum.tech. 
chatsum.tech there That's you go sure and, simple. <laughs> and um, your day job you mentioned that you work with uh, another Portsmouth alum there uh, is that um, is that a, a startup business as well that they've started up or, or are you just colleagues in a larger organization there um, just colleagues in a large organization and um, okay. so it's a it's a company that kind of collaborates with universities to provide um kind of summary notes for students with difficulties um, okay. so it's kind of a again kind of a university engagement there um, yeah. so it's, for the for the most part like a lot of what i do is somewhat linked to the university in some way so. yes so i want in a moment to uh, to talk a bit about your your journey to where you are today and really go back to the Portsmouth days at some point, the university days rather. Um, but before I do that, is there anything about your work or Jetsum that you really want people to know that we haven't talked about yet? Um, I, mean, I think we've really covered everything. I think the thing to have home is that it's, you know, by the community, for the community, the person on the street is never going to pay a penny to use Jetsum. Yes. Um, and that's kind of a very core value that we have. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of the people first is what we go for. Gotcha. Thank you, Louis. Okay, so let's uh, wind the clock back a bit then. Um, I'm <laughs> curious to know how you got to where you are today. We've already mentioned that you graduated back in 2016 from Portsmouth. Um, I will leave it to you to sort of start your story wherever you like, whether it's uh, back in early childhood or whether it's at university <laughs> or, or whatever. But um, yeah, how, how did you get to be where you are today? You know, what were the sort of circumstances that led you to this? And uh, was there anyone who helped you in particular along the way that you'd want to give a shout out to? Um, so I guess the start of my software engineering career, uh, software engineering career in general, probably goes way back to when I was 10 years old. Um, so quite, quite a while. Um, yeah. And I think my dad had kind of brought home an old computer from the office when they were upgrading and it had a, and it was running Windows 98 or something. And I had a copy of Microsoft front page, which maybe um, some people might recognize, probably don't. Uh, and it was just kind of a little uh, graphical program for creating very basic websites. Mm-hmm. And I was very into the, the fighting fantasy kind of choose your own adventure books as a child. Yeah. So um, found this computer, found the software, and I just really wanted to make my own choose your own adventure book. So I kind of learned all how to do that. I uh, made like a very basic kind of click through little website. And that's kind of the very first program that I ever did. And then kind of from there, it just spiraled wildly out of control. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was, just, it was yeah, a sort so, of a, a storytelling website there where you'd get to a certain point in the story and, and choose to branch off in a different direction. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So kind of you'd read the short paragraph or two and then you kind of choose an action to take and that sort yeah. of thing. Um, absolutely loved those books as a child, so you know, definitely wanted to make my own. And I think that's kind of a good path for people who want to, you know, use software engineers, be programmers, um, kind of just kind of copy what you love as a yes. way to get started. I can imagine that, um, that engaging with storytelling on that level actually is really, really useful in terms of creating very user friendly uh, software, especially where it's something like Jetson where it's got a social purpose and you really need to, uh, you know, you've got somebody who's really willing to make a difference through their use of the app, and obviously. As they're doing that, you need it to be really uh, intuitive and uh, and easy for them to fulfil their goals, kind of thing. Is that uh, is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah. Because um, I I very much consider programming and software engineering, building software, to be kind of a very creative process. Like it's yeah. there's a lot of technical aspects to it, but to build good stuff that people want to use, you have to be very empathetic. You need to be able to kind of get into the mindset of the people who want to use your stuff, yeah. and kind of figure out what is the easiest way for them to do this and then allow them to do that. Gotcha. So obviously uh, your interest in software engineering, as you said, is mm-hmm. sparked as a, a 10-year-old 
and quickly became very practical. So was that um, was that echoed then in your degree at Portsmouth? Was it uh, a degree in a relevant field? Was it software engineering, uh, BSc or something um, like that? Yeah. So I so actually when I started college was actually when I started my professional career as right. a freelance software developer. Ah. So before I came to university, I was kind of already in the industry, um, and it was actually a friend of mine at college who. Um, and this is, you know, um, there was like, I, I wasn't sure what university to put down for my UCAS choices. Yes. And he was going to Portsmouth and he was sitting beside me in the A-level computing class. And I was like, oh, just put down Portsmouth. It's fine. So <laughs> I put down Portsmouth and that's kind of how I ended up here. Um, right. What, was, what was the degree that, course that you studied? What, what, was it, what was the degree course that you studied? Oh, um, I, so I studied uh, software engineering, like Bachelor's of Science Software Engineering, gotcha. um, which is actually comparatively quite a small course um, compared to like, it's a lot more common to do computing or um, yeah. computer science or something. Um, but Portsmouth was one of the few universities that I found in my search that did software engineering as a Bachelor's of Science. And right. it's kind of a lot more vocationally focused because I'm not a massively academic person. Uh-huh. So it seemed like a very practical approach to the stuff that I wanted to learn. Yes. I can imagine that was particularly for you if if you'd already started doing some freelancing when you were at college. I'm sure that uh, from that point of view, you kind of wanted something where you could really hit the ground running and hone your skills, uh, as you say, through doing, through through a very practical course. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious about um, actually just taking a step back to uh, what you mentioned about freelancing uh, as a student. I mean, that, that seems like a... a terrifically useful and entrepreneurial thing for, for somebody to do and I'm mindful that um, someone may uh, engage with uh, your story at some point and thinks to themselves oh I'm you know I'm doing my levels uh, or I'm at college and uh, I, I wouldn't mind doing that myself have you got any tips for h- how to go about uh, doing that sort of thing I understand it's probably a, a very fast moving world and maybe uh, the way things were for you at that time it might be quite different but uh, if you have got any uh, any even quite general tips for people, that would be really uh, interesting to hear. I think a one of the big problems that people face is not having confidence in their abilities. Mm. Um, it's kind of very common in uh, in software in general to have kind of imposter syndrome, where you kind of have this very kind of deep doubt um, about your ability to perform. Mm. So I guess my main advice is to just be confident and. There are plenty of avenues and platforms you can find freelance work, um, even if it's just, you know, ask your friends, parents, if they need a website for their business, that sort yes. of thing. Um, yeah. So just anything you can do to get a little bit of work, get some confidence, and then kind of go from there, that would be absolutely invaluable. Great. Yeah, I think that's really, really good advice. Be creative and think about what you can, what sort of opportunities you can create for yourself almost, as you say, asking yeah. friends and yeah. family if uh, they could make use of your skills in a particular way. So coming back to your time at the university then, um, how did that time sow the seeds for the career that you've had since? Uh, well, I think that I've, I've always kind of been fairly set on what I wanted to do. Um, so kind of it was, for me, it was a choice in education between either um, computer programming or cooking. Yeah. And it just so happened that I was better at computer programming, so, you know, yes. so for engineering degree. Um, and I think it's a lot of the people that I met, kind of fellow students and some of the lecturers as well, um, just kind of talking and interacting with them really helped me to, again, it's kind of a confidence thing, build up confidence in myself and my abilities mm. um, and just kind of working alongside them and seeing how they're progressing and kind of their own little journeys. Um, that just really helped me to kind of cement in my mind that, yep, I want to 
this one I want to do. I want to build software. I want to build software that helps people. Um, because I'm, I'm also very interested in kind of building tools that other people can use. Mm. That's kind of a big thing that I do. That's, you know, my day job. That's Jetsum. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of the people that I met, um, friends that I made, are just kind of other people. Um, they really, yeah, helped galvanize that idea in my head. Thank you. And uh, I know uh, for a fact that you have stayed engaged with the university uh, mm-hmm. since you graduated. Um, can you tell us a bit about uh, the involvement that you've had? I believe it's with uh, both the Revolution Plastics Initiative and with um, Innovation Connect as well. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah. Um, so I think early 2018, I uh, started working for a company called Launchbase. And that is when we got an office at the Innovation Connect, um, the innovation space near the uh, student union. Yes. So that's kind of utilizing the university's provided co-working space as our kind of day-to-day office environment. Yeah. Um, and kind of from there, that's given me a, like a massive opportunity to connect with and network with kind of other like-minded creative people, mm. not necessarily people in tech, but just kind of people, other people in the building. And they're all kind of doing their own very interesting creative stuff. Um, and there are also just a ton of um, student entrepreneurs in the building as well. Yeah. So that's always kind of good to see that and get kind of inspired by what they're doing. Um, so that's kind of a, a fantastic journey there. And a, a lot more recently um, with Jetsum, so Jetsum is kind of a, a side project that's become a lot bigger. Um, there's kind of utilizing some of those university connections. Um, so some people that I've been talking to, uh, kind of the office managers at Innovation Connect, uh, one of them was moving to the Revolution Plastics team and uh, she knew that I was working on Jetsum and she kind of brought it forward to the attention of everybody else. And I think from there, they already kind of picked it up and it's, yes. it's very much um, kind of a, the one of the pieces in the puzzles that's being put together inside inside that team. Is there anything you can share with us about uh, what the plans look like for Jetsum in relation to Revolution Plastics or, or maybe any other opportunities uh, where you might be connecting with the university to sort of enhance what you're doing or what you plan to do? So um, there's nothing set in stone yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we're about a month too early for that. <laughs> okay. It's kind of like one or two more meetings. But um, we're kind of looking to go forward kind of collaboratively to promote both from universities like Jetsum and from our side some of the Revolution Plastic stuff. Yes. So essentially it's uh, it's a way to... Uh, kind of, I suppose, mutually amplify uh, your goals, your goals at Jetsum and then the goals that the university has and uh, the city itself has through yeah. uh, Revolution Plastics. Yeah, because I think we, we both reach different um, different audiences. Mm. So it's kind of a mutually beneficial thing where we kind of tap into each other's audiences. Yes. Essentially. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I know that there are uh, very big, big and ambitious plans for Revolution Plastics as a way of mm. helping to... Uh, evolve uh, Portsmouth as a whole, the whole city really, into a, a showcase for a, a sustainable plastics future. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think it's um, definitely, Portsmouth has been described as a petri dish in, in the best way possible. Um, yes. It's kind of a very kind of clinical environment that is quite contained within itself and is a fantastic place to kind of show that these things can work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, it's very, uh, I think. I think there are a few things about Portsmouth it's very densely populated it's obviously it's an island city which not a lot of people realize it's right there on the coast so it's directly impacted uh, by plastics in the ocean um, 
and you have huge amounts of people living very closely together, obviously there are all sorts of associated uh, challenges around waste and recycling there. So yeah, I totally agree. It's a really, it's a really, really interesting place to uh, demonstrate to the world some new ways of engaging with plastics and uh, and everything else that comes with it. So Louis, I want to end on this, um, unless there's anything else that, that you would like to talk about. Um, when you think back to your time at the University of Portsmouth, what do you think of? Uh, so I think there's one there's one strong memory and there's one strong feeling. Yeah. So for me, there's this one memory of uh, one of my lectures, one of my software engineering lectures. Um, the the lecturer brought in with him into the software engineering lecture his pickaxe from home. Um, and had this kind of wonderful analogy about um, gardening and using the pickaxe and how that kind of relates to how you build software. And I think that's a kind of a fantastic encapsulation of the sort of learning that I engage well with. Yes. Um, so that's just always kind of quite a fun memory there. But I think generally, um, for me, my time at Portsmouth was, it's all about the people. Because um, I think I was somewhat uniquely positioned where I already had industry experience. Yeah. So for me, it's kind of the people that I met are the key part of that experience. And I think, um, you know, people are everywhere, but you only have Portsmouth people in Portsmouth. So it's yes. kind of a, a bit of a thing there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, coming back to that, uh, using a pickaxe as an analogy for uh, the uses uh, or the, the practical use of um, software, Certainly, I mean that's that's very much echoed by what you've gone on to do, isn't it? You know, it's really absolutely yeah. embracing the potential of uh, of software to make very real changes uh, happen in the physical world uh, by taking advantage of all the possibilities that we have now through, uh, I suppose, the virtual world, if you like, through uh, internet and connectivity and uh, apps and the prevalence of mobile devices. You know, now everybody mm-hmm. who downloads Jetsum, which could be anybody. Uh, they've got everything they need right there in the palm of their hand to actually start making a real, real difference in the world, which is a tremendous thing to be doing. So I wish you all the best with that. It's really fantastic. Thank Thank you very much. (laughs) Louis, thanks very much for your time today. Best of luck. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. I urge our listeners to download the Jetsam app. Louis' creative response to the problem of plastics is such an easy way to get everyone involved in cleaning up their communities. And it's going to bring to our attention that how we choose to dispose of our waste has a global impact. Thanks for listening to this episode of Making Waves. You can find more inspiring interviews with University of Portsmouth alumni by subscribing to this series on your podcast app. And if you'd like to get involved and make some waves of your own, Let us know by emailing alumni at port.ac.uk or click on alumni from the Portsmouth homepage.